We are uh, continuing our series, as I mentioned earlier, on the best year of our life and how do we uh, head into 2016 and make the most of this year. And, and again, this is just a reminder, this is not a, you know, a, how do we get rich and how do we make more friends, how do we do all that kind of stuff series. It's how do we, whatever we face this year, whatever we walk through, whatever is in front of us this year that we don't know is coming in 2016, how do, we, how do we still make it the best year of our life? And we talked about it centers around one word, and that one word is peace. Is that we have peace with ourselves, peace with our family, peace with friendships, peace through unknowable circumstances. And today we're going to talk about this picture that I think God wants to put together in our life of how do we build this peace, and it's through this concept of serving. And so peace through serving. Now, I don't know about you, but like growing up, I, was, I guess I was kind of a nerd like this, but I love to put puzzles together. Like as a kid, I mean, I would go out and play and things like that, but I love putting these puzzles together. And like the more pieces, the better for me. Like a thousand person, you know, puzzle and things like that. And the more challenging they were. I remember one I got one time that was just like one color. Like the whole puzzle was like one color. And I got sick of that one pretty quickly. Like I was like, no, uh, not that one. But I loved putting pizzas or puzzles together. But to be able to do that, what do you have to really have? You have to have that picture to kind of as your framework of what you're building. And without that, it's very difficult to put a puzzle together. And when we think about our lives, you know, when we were very young, when we were, you know, just kids, babies, we may have had two or three pieces of the puzzle in our life. It, you know, we needed to eat, we needed to go to the bathroom, we needed to have our diaper changed. You know, it wasn't that big of a puzzle to put together. As we got older, more pieces came in, and the, the puzzle got a little bit more complex. And then, you know, you get to college, or you get married, and really things start to get, you add, starting adding these moving pieces to the puzzle. And now I'm Sitting there, Katie and I are coming up on 20 plus years of marriage. We got two teenage kids, and to be honest, I don't even know where the pieces of the puzzle are anymore. Like, it's just craziness sometimes, and our lives get like that, don't they? I mean, when you look at your life right now, you're probably like, man, there are pieces I just wish I knew how to get into place, and it's just not fitting. And so, what I want us to do today is to kind of step back and take a look at this picture that God has for us. Because I think sometimes frustration happens in our life because we're trying to put one picture together, but God says, no, I want something different for you. And we're trying to, to put this idea of success together. And says God, God says, no, that's not really the right idea of success. Look at this picture. And so I want us to really look today at this idea, this picture of what God says our life really brings fulfillment, what brings fulfillment to our life. And it's this idea of serving. God has given us this clear picture of what we ought to be doing. And the truth is, right now, if we kind of went around this room and I said, hey, what is the picture for us as Christians? We could probably come up with a lot of different answers. We'd say, you know, we should be people of joy, peace, success, love, grace, faith, sacrifice, all these things. And the truth is, those are, those are great. Those are all pictures and pieces of this puzzle, but they're not the whole piece. And I think the whole piece is kind of summed up in one verse, and it's kind of the verse we'll focus in a little bit on today. It's found in Luke. Luke chapter 22, and this is one verse, verse 26. As I read it to you, if you want to look it up and kind of mark it, listen to this. But he says, Among you, 
And when he says you, he's talking to people that are, are followers of Christ at that point. People that are walking with Him and following Him and wanting to be like Christ. He says, among you, those who are the greatest should take the lower rank and the leader should be the servant. Now, that's just crazy. I mean, I, that is not normal. That was not normal back in the day of Christ. That saying was not. And it's not normal for us today. I mean, in usually the opposite what we say. Those of you that are most important, you be out front. Those of you who have the most to offer, you lead and let the other people do the work that nobody else likes to do. And Luke here is saying very clearly, you want to really make an impact in this world. You want to portray Christ. You want to show true power through true influence and have true impact. Then you do something completely different, and that's serve. As you give, you're fulfilled. That, that's what Luke is saying here, and it's something I think we forget sometimes. We have this idea, and I see it play out in my life all the time. We think the more that we get, the more content we'll be, right? If I could just get this job, if I could just get this amount of pay, if I could have just gotten into the affordable housing apartment, if I could have just gotten this or that or whatever it is, all the things that we think we want, when we get those, whenever those things we get all come together, then contentment will happen in my life. And I found this to be true, though, that usually the more when I'm placing my trust and my faith in the things of this world, even when I get them, it may be fulfilling, but it's usually for a short time. It doesn't bring true contentment. As a matter of fact, here's what it often does in my life. It makes me want something else. As I get something, it doesn't fill me up. It actually creates space for more, and I want to fill it with more. But I have found just the opposite to be true, that when I pour my life out, when I start serving, when I do things for other people with no regard for getting things back for myself, then all of a sudden at the end of that day or at the end of that time of serving, I feel content. I feel full. I feel the way God created me to feel in serving. And I love in this one passage, Luke just wraps it up. It says, those of you who are the greatest should take the lower rank, and the leader should be the servant. Now, is this just one verse, and should we build our whole life off of this one verse? Absolutely not. So let, let's take a thought, and let's, let's look at who he even talks about here. The, those of you who are following Christ, like, did Jesus model this? And the truth is, Jesus models it. In Philippians 2, it tells us that Jesus came into the world not as a king, but as a what? As a servant. They were looking for this conquering king, but instead he came as a suffering servant. He said, the biggest way I will impact this culture and this world is by being a servant, by serving. John 13 calls the story of Jesus taking the role of the servant as he washed the disciples' feet. The lowliest of jobs. Not just a bad job, the worst job. He takes on that role of saying, I will be the lowest of rank. Matthew 12 reminds us that there was a prophecy in Isaiah that the Messiah would come as a servant. He was even foretold that he would be this. And so this picture is Luke is telling, those of you who are following Christ, who want to be followers of Christ, remember what Christ was. Remember who He is and what He is calling you to be. 
It's to serve. But not just Christ, but actually all throughout Scripture we see this play out as well. You look at Paul, Peter, James, Jude, some of the basically the people who wrote the entirety of the New Testament and were some of the founding fathers of the church, they would all refer to themselves as a servant of Christ, as a servant of Jesus. They didn't they, they would often start their letters like that, not Paul the Paul the Magnificent, Paul the Famous, Paul the it was Paul the servant of Christ. It was this reminder that we are to be servants. The, the passage out of Luke 22, Ephesians 2, says that God gave each of us new lives to use those lives to serve other people. 1 Peter 4 challenges us to be a servant with a humble spirit. Now, I don't know about you, but I, when I hear this, there are some mental objections that pop up in my mind. Like especially those who may, maybe we've been followers of Christ for a while. Because you would say, well, what about being bold? Taking a stand? Like being overcomers? Like being a servant? How are we really going to change this world by being a servant? Don't we need to be out there on the front lines fighting for our faith? Like maybe, you know, we need to be out there protesting, doing this. Those kind of thoughts. And, and Scripture is very contradictory to that. It says the, the way that you make the most impact the way they have the most influence is not by being the loudest, not by being the most vocal. It's by serving. It's by serving. How do you live a bold life? Take on the life of a servant. How do you live a life of authority? By serving others. How do you live a life that overcomes? How do you be a trendsetter? How do you be an influencer? You serve. Think about people in your life that you really have really had impact in your life and could really speak truth into your life, most often than not, more often than not, I know when I think about my life, those are people that have made tremendous sacrifices for me. People that have served me. When I think about my, my parents or my family or some dear friends, it's not people that I look up to and look at the greatness of what they've done, and some of them have done great things. But the true impact of my life comes because they're willing to sacrifice and set themselves aside for me at times. And so they serve. They made impact in my life through serving. So what I want to do today is talk about a couple of things. One, why should we serve? Like, let's dig into that a little bit. And then where? Like, how does that actually play out in our life? And so we're going to look at a few verses today to just to kind of capture this that built off that Luke uh, 22 passage. And so the first thing I want you to see about serving is found in Ephesians 2, chapter 10. And it says this, It is God Himself who made us what we are, and He's given us new lives from Christ Jesus. And long ago He planned that we should spend these lives doing what? Helping others. You catch that? He created us, and long ago He had a purpose in mind when He gave us these new lives in Christ, and that purpose from the foundation of the world was that we should use those lives to help others. And so what I want you to understand is this. The first thing about why we should serve is serving is the source of joy for the follower of Christ. If that is what I was created to do, from the foundation of the world, is to help and to serve others, then that is where I will receive my greatest joy. When I'm living that out. Not when I'm trying to work contradictory to that. Not when you are doing something and saying, okay, I'll, I'll serve occasionally. But when we take it on fully, not just an hour a day, but when we are just part of you know, one day a week, I'll focus on this, but when it becomes who we are. 
Think about when you receive the greatest joy as a husband, a wife, a father, a mother, a friend. It's when you fully engage in that relationship. My relationship with Katie would be horrible if I only looked at myself as a husband one day a week. Like, I'll ju- I will be a best husband to you on Saturdays. Like, that's it. Like, if I just, I mean, that's quite a commitment that I'm making, right? I mean, we, like, I'm giving you one seventh of my week. Certainly that's enough. But what makes our relationship work is the fact that we are committed 100%. I'm committed 100% to being her husband. She's committed 100%, did I say that right? Yeah, to be, to be my wife. It, it's not something that we just take on occasionally. And for us to experience true joy, we should take on the role and the attitude of a servant all the time. Doesn't mean that we become a doormat. Doesn't mean that we, you know, whatever anybody tells us to do, okay, I'll go do this. And that's not what this is. It's being willing to set self aside and to put the... The, the needs of others ahead of yourself. That's what Christ did. That's what we're called to do. The second thing I want you to say about why we should serve is this. Is as I serve, it connects me with Christ, with my Creator. It connects me with Him. There's a passage out of Romans 7.4 that says this. You are part of the body of Christ, and now you belong to Him, in order that we might be useful in the service of of God. So as we serve, we, we start to function as the body of Christ. We, we're part of a, a group, part of a community, part of a, a team that's making an impact for Christ. It's serving together. It is when we feel most connected. How, how do you, in, in, our, in our tangible world, how do you feel connected to somebody? You spend time with them, right? You do things with them. You do things that are at the core of who they are. You have these shared experiences. One of the best friends of my life is my brother, Jay. And uh, Jay and I went to college together. We, we roomed together. And, like, I, I remember growing up in high school thinking, man, like, dorms in college, what a life. Like, I can't wait. You know, it's going to be amazing. And, uh... My parents, when both of us got into college, they were trying to figure out how to save money. And uh, so instead of putting us both in dorms, they had a bright idea of buying a trailer and letting us live in a trailer at Auburn. Now, I've seen some nice trailers, all right? This was not one of them. <laughs> this, this was a travel trailer. I literally could stand in there and, like, touch the walls. It was like a hallway that we lived in. And, like, it, it, was, it was just crazy. And, like, we got to know each other very, very well in that trailer because we couldn't get away from each other. And I remember even one night we were coming back late. We were out one night, and we had locked ourselves out of the trailer. And it was a cold, cold night. And, like, what do we do? And... So, being our industrial engineering selves, where we broke a window and, you know, opened the window and crawled in through the window. Well, it was probably about 20 degrees that night. And having a broken window in a trailer that has no insulation in it, we were freezing. So, we ended up putting on about every piece of clothes we had to try to stay warm. We still couldn't stay warm. And so, we kind of looked at each other and I said, Jay, he's like, Patrick. And so, we like, <laughs> yes, we like cuddled up together on the bed. And we're like... Please don't let us die like this and let people find us. Like this would be horrible. And like we we looked that was one of the 
hear me when I, when we look back on that, that was the most connecting moment of our lives. Not because we were sharing body, but we were like, we, we need each other. We have to rely on each other. In our life, for us to really connect with God, we have to get to the point where we're sharing things with Him and who He is. Who His character is literally becomes our character. And it starts to show up in our life. And that happens as we serve. So next time that you think about, man, I don't need to serve, remember a cold trailer and how you need to connect with Christ. The, the third thing I want you to see is this, is as we serve, it truly gives our life meaning. Like it gives us a purpose. Mark 8.35 says this, Only those who throw away their lives for my sake and for the sake of the good news will ever know what it means to really live. This is just crazy. I mean, this is that upside-down math that we were talking about earlier of like, as you, as you give, you get full. As you try to get, you, you end up more empty. He says the way you want to get the most out of your, this life is to throw your life away. Now, the, the terminology there, the translation to English is, is not the, the best when it says to throw your life away. Because that doesn't mean just to waste your life. And be like, okay, whatever I want to do, whatever. That's not what it's... It's basically saying, take no regard for your life, but have high regard for the gospel and what Christ calls us to do. To set self aside and to set Christ at the center. And that's where we get meaning. You know, you and I only have so much time, energy, and attention that we can use to cultivate things in our heart. You've seen this. I mean, you can only love and have deep friendships with with so many people. I mean, it just takes time. It takes energy. It takes attention. You can only focus on so many tasks at work that take your thoughts until something starts to, to die and something will not get the attention that it needs. And, and when we try to cultivate things in our life that don't bring us true meaning, they need a lot of attention. We're constantly having to work with them. relationships that, that we put more importance on than they need to, our, our power, this idea of like importance that we just constantly are trying to cultivate in our life. Instead, God says, look, why don't you fill your life with things that naturally blossom and naturally grow? That you don't have to cultivate that much. And that comes when we serve. True meaning, true peace, true joy, these fruits of this Spirit show up in our life naturally when we connect our lives to God. Joy is something that is not something that you have to work on when you have a life connected with Christ. It produces itself. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. These are all things that blossom naturally when we connect with Christ. So it gives our life true meaning. Finally is this. When we serve, when we embrace serving, it's an investment in today and in eternity. Both. It's not just, we don't do it to get, well, you know, I want people to respect me because I serve. I want people to talk good about me because look what I've done for other people. It's not this idea of even contentment for today. It is, we get that. As we serve, there's contentment in our lives today, but it is also an investment in eternity. Things that last beyond us. And the truth is this, if we could ever get beyond temporal thinking, of this thinking in this moment, like, what do I need in this moment, and instead start thinking of things like, how is what I'm doing today going to impact 
a month from now? How is what I'm going to do today impact a year from now? How is what I'm doing today going to impact 10 years from now? 100 years from now? I dare say most of us in this room are not going to be alive 100 years from today. But we can still do things that reverberate throughout history. We can pour into the lives of our kids. We can pour into the lives of grandkids eventually. We can pour into the lives of others and serve others in such a way that our influence and our impact for Christ will reverberate throughout history. When I, when I think about my life and when the days of my life come to an end, I pray that I'm not remembered for just the things that I did. Like, oh, Patrick did this, he started this, he, the, the tasks, the, the objectives that I accomplished in my life. I hope that's not all I'm remembered for. I hope I'm instead remembered in the hearts and minds of people in such a way that they will look on my, my life and see Christ and then be motivated to share that same service and that same love with other people. I pray that PJ and Natalie influence their kids for Christ because maybe I've influenced their hearts for Christ. And I pray that their kids influence their kids for Christ because we've had impact in their lives. So serving others, having a heart of service, reverberates throughout history. And where do we see that? In Christ Himself. Right? I mean, this man who literally lived 2,000 years ago, his influence is still reverberating today. Because he came as a servant to serve others. So that's why we serve. Now, now, where do we do this? Like, how does this play out in our life? Like, where does it actually function? And when you look at a, there's a great passage, we won't look in depth at it today, but in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you like, that's going to be something to go back and read this week and, and just to kind of put, it, it kind of gives us a picture of, of where we serve. And the idea is this. Is the first thing it tells us this. You and I, everybody in here, is a unique creation of God with unique gifts. If you look around this room right now, nobody is the same. I love that. That's one of the things I love about our church. There's no normal in our church, right? I mean, ethnically, spiritually, you know, emotionally, somebody, some of us got it all together and some of us are emotional wrecks, you know? I mean, we're all, we're all different places in our life. That's okay. I, I love that. We're all unique. We all got unique gifts. If we were all the same, it would be pretty boring. be pretty boring. But God has given us all unique gifts and created us with unique talents. And God desires us to use those gifts to serve Him. And in 1 Corinthians 12, it says that we're to use those gifts within the body of the church. Because the church, as we know in Scripture, what, not just this Sunday morning meeting, but what we do, us as a body of people who are trying to follow after Christ sitting in this room, we are a representation of Christ to this world. So as we serve, as we do things here, it gives a picture of Christ. And for us to function properly, each of us need to be expressing our gifts. There's no gift that's more important than the other. I have a gift of teaching. I love to teach. This gift of standing up here and preaching and teaching is not more important than the person who makes somebody feel welcome when they walk in here on Sunday morning. This gift is not any more important than the person teaching kids right now upstairs. This is not any more important than the people who come in here on Sunday mornings and set all this up. We couldn't do any of this. This moment right here could not happen without all of that. 
happening. And so we need people using their gifts everywhere, all the time. So my question to you today is this. Do you have a proper view of service? Have you looked at your life? Are you living the equation the wrong way? Are you trying to get to get contentment instead of giving to receive contentment? So do you have a right view of service? 